This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now. The WBBM Noon Business Hour. Great to have you with us for the Wednesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Right now, a look at those jobs, private sector employment out. Friday, we'll get a comprehensive jobs report. Let's see how this is looking. Robert Dye is here, chief economist at Comerica Bank, based in Dallas. Uh, Bob, we got, let's see, private payrolls up by about 568000 and that's more than most were expecting. Yes, that's about 100,000 or so more than, than the consensus expectations. So definitely a, a good number, and especially coming off the heels of a weaker than expected um, August number, and July wasn't well, was okay, but not that hot. So we see a reverse of the declining trend in ADP coming at a good time. I think we need some good news for the economy, and this is a, a nice, strong number telling us that businesses are feeling good about getting their staffing up to where they need it to be. And what we need, and help me with this, it seems like we need this to continue, though, right? We need continued growth like this? Well, uh, it won't last forever. Uh, in a normal economy, we would gain about 150 to 200,000 jobs per month, and we would call that good. But now we're expecting to see companies restaffing and catching up with that demand after the COVID-related closures. So, yeah, in the short term, we do need to see some pretty strong numbers, but it will moderate. And I expect by the time we get into, say, the second quarter of next year, we'll start to see these numbers moderate. And uh, going forward, uh, as we look at these numbers and numbers we get later in the week, uh, do we see kind of widespread job growth or, or is it certain sectors that are doing most of the hiring? Well, in, in this report, we did see the leisure and hospitality sector did the uh, the lion's share of hiring. That's restaurants and serve small service companies. And that's what we would expect uh, because they did an awful lot of laying off. These were businesses that were on the front line of COVID and they had to close down and let their staff go. We also saw manufacturing uh, doing a good amount of hiring and construction. So those are two nice accelerants for the economy to see those sectors coming back, especially with manufacturing, because we did see some reports of the auto industry having to throttle back production in September, but the overall jobs numbers for manufacturing as a whole came up. So nice to see that. So when it comes to hiring in those sectors, do you feel like until they got enough employees that the, the lack of full hiring was actually holding them back, actually keeping some of those sectors from being able to move forward and grow again? Yeah, that's a consistent theme we're seeing across almost all businesses now, uh, particularly manufacturing, but also service companies. They're facing two key barriers right now. One is labor 
Labor markets have tightened up very quickly. It's been difficult for them to staff up as they need to. And then the other supply chains and getting the, the, uh, the components and the raw materials to put their stuff together and get it to their clients. So the good news is the demand is out there. The, the less good news is that this is still a, an economy that is throttled back by these two key issues, labor and tight supply chains. Thanks so much for all of the insight. Robert Dye, chief economist at Comerica Bank. Buy now, pay later programs are becoming an expanding area for retailers. Let's learn more. Ed Jertsen is here, certified financial planner, founder of Engage Wealth Group. The website, engagewealthgroup.com. Uh, help us to understand what this is. We think, you know, buy now, pay later. We usually think credit cards, but that's not what this is. Yeah, either credit cards or, or the uh, proverbial layaway plans that some of your uh, more seasoned listeners are familiar are with. The buy now, pay later plans give shoppers an ability to purchase merchandise today, take it with them, and then make payments over a set period of time, whether that's pay, uh, whether it's like four monthly payments or you know payments that are being made over six months or 36 months. And so are these a good deal for the consumer, a bad deal for the consumer? Because it seems like there's more and more of this going on. Yeah, this is a growing trend. I mean, there, there are surveys out there that say that this is going to be a $1 trillion business where more and more people are able to buy on basically payments that they can move over a couple of periods. And so ultimately what it comes down to, Cisco, is don't buy more than you can afford. I mean, it never ceases to amaze me that retailers will find ways for shoppers to buy more, sometimes to the shopper's financial detriment. Yeah, because you're talking uh, interest fees. Uh, what, what ends up being the downside for the shopper? Yeah, you've got to remember that these uh, buy now, pay later programs, they're not in it for non-for-profit. So while most of them have 0% interest, if you make your payments on time, you have to be aware that if you either make late payments or if you fail to make payments, there can be serious consequences when it comes to either really high interest rates or penalties and fees. And there's got to be, too, at, at some point, the buyer's remorse sets in, right? You have to make these months of payments long after you've lost interest in what you purchased. Yeah, and that's a great point because ultimately when you're at the point of sale and, and you're trying to figure out a good way to buy something that more and more retailers, Walmart, for instance, is adopting this, that you just have to be aware of what you're paying. I, I think the key tip for your listeners is read the small print. And most of these uh, buy now, pay later are on apps on smartphones. And so when you when you put this app on your phone, please, please take time to read the small print, the terms and conditions. Most of us just flip through that, but you really need to understand how this is not only going to affect you from a shopping perspective, but also your credit and your credit score. We often think of, um, you know, buy now, pay later in the store where, where you're actually in there holding the merchandise. But a lot of this is going online, too. A any advice to keep people from regretting those purchases that they're going to have to pay off for months? Yeah, don't buy more than you can afford. That That's probably, it sounds like such common sense, but again, retailers are in the business of, of selling you goods. And if they can make that easy off, you know, if they can make that shopping experience easier for you to buy, that's great. Because ultimately, even if you have buyer's remorse, and let's say you want to return that merchandise because you just can't afford it, again, there are some serious consequences, financial consequences that you have to be aware of, that even if you return the merchandise, you still may be on the hook for those uh, costs. Thanks so much. Really good insight and advice. That is Ed Jertsen, founder of Engage Wealth Group, a certified financial planner.
News that makes you money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The next order you place at Home Depot could be delivered by Walmart. Let's find out what's going on. Gerald Storch is here, CEO of Storch Advisors, former vice chairman at Target, chairman and CEO, former chairman and CEO of Toys R Us. He's based in Vero Beach, Florida. Uh, Jerry, I always appreciate your insight. I mean, what's going on? This is a unique partnership here. Well, it is and it isn't. Uh, you know, uh, Walmart is looking for ways to be more efficient online, so they've opened up their uh, their home delivery service to other retailers. So Home Depot is the first big one to sign on with Walmart. And what they're going to do is uh, uh, Walmart drivers are going to deliver Home Depot goods, you know, small goods, not, not two-by-fours, but things you can fit in someone's car. Now, why are they doing this? Uh, if you take a look at it, you know, uh, it's all about Amazon. It always is when you deal with anything online. And Amazon is so efficient at delivering to people's homes. Why? Because there is a cruel reality of a home delivery, which is that the density of that delivery route is the most important thing. So how many stops does a driver make when they're delivering? That drives the economics. So Walmart's found out they can't do it alone. If they partner with enough retailers, they, in essence, create a utility function that delivers for everyone and maybe can compete economically with Amazon, who's the big bully in the market. So suddenly, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So you find Home Depot and Walmart cooperating in big way. And going forward, you'd imagine that this cooperation would, would just continue to expand, right? They'd find other ways to work together. Well, I, I don't know if they'll find other ways to work together or their Walmart will just keep adding other retailers to a home delivery service that then becomes competitive with those Amazon trucks that you see everywhere. My gosh, they go from one house right to the next one, the next one, the next one. That's incredibly efficient. So Walmart has to try to replicate that somehow. And so that's what they're trying to do. So I don't know if Walmart and Home Depot are cooperate any more than they're doing right now, but I, want, but I would look for Walmart to sign up other retailers in the service that they're offering. Interesting. So almost another facet of their business becomes being a delivery agent for other companies. They may make money on it or may just enable them to finally deliver an efficient basis to people's homes, which is really the end game here. And so, uh, sure, they may make a, a nickel here or so, you know, on every order they deliver for Home Depot. But really, the game's all about is competing with Amazon and trying to find a way to be as efficient as Amazon is at home delivery. Have we always seen these sorts of corporate partnerships like this? Was there a time when more companies said, no, no, hey, you do your thing, we'll do our thing. But now, because of the environment and technology, they're just sort of having to work together? It's extremely rare among such large retailers. Usually they have enough scale to do whatever they need themselves. You know, I've been involved in, in my history with explorations with other big companies about doing things together, like running your back office together or something like that. But it never really made any economic sense until now. So I think this is really more about getting enough scale to do something that only one person has scale for now, which is Amazon. I mean, even in technology, the retailers don't collaborate on technology. Look at, like, their computer systems. There are third parties that provide them, people like Oracle or IBM or other big companies. So there is no one like that in this space right now in the home delivery space that can work for them the way that this can work. And, you know, they could try to do something with Instacart, but Instacart has already got their hands full of everybody's groceries. So, so this is an attempt by Walmart to compete with Amazon. There's no two other ways to look at it. It's one way. That's it. Thanks so much, Gerald Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Buy. Sell. Listen. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets falling, but not as much as they have been. The Dow down 142, NASDAQ down 17, S&P is down 14 points. Let's find out what's going on. Chuck Carlson is here, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter. Chuck, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Yeah, we're seeing a continuation of kind of this volatility, which is uh, seasonally uh, October. Uh, October, as I mentioned a couple of days ago, has since 1950 the most days of the S&P 500 moving 1% or more in that direction. So it's a, typically a pretty volatile month. We're seeing that. Uh, it is interesting and, and kind of hopeful that the market has come off its lows from uh, the beginning of today, and uh, we'll have to see if that continues. Uh, investors have a lot of reasons to to kind of be cautious here. You've got the specter of rising interest rates. You've got the specter of Fed tightening. You've got concerns over China and a potential credit crunch. You've got the machinations in Washington. So you add that up, and you know, and and we're getting toward the end of the year. It's been a good year. People are looking to take some profits. So that kind of adds up to. Um, you know, a, a recipe for market correction, which is what we're seeing. And so what can an investor do during those times of volatility? What, what can they do to make sure that they're still making money in their portfolio? Maybe there's just no way around it. I'm not talking about trade, you know, the sort of day trading stuff. But uh, how do you set up your portfolio for volatility? Yeah, sometimes you, I mean, you, hopefully you set your portfolio up for volatility at the beginning in terms of your asset allocation and you're not going in thinking, okay, I'm going to be 100% invested and then I'm going to be able to pick those times when I'm going to pull money out of the market to try to avoid these kind of short-term, and I do believe this will be short-term pullbacks in the market. So, you know, that that allocation starts at the beginning. It, does, it shouldn't start now. Uh, I think the biggest thing, quite frankly, is um, to view the volatility as more of an opportunity as a re uh, rather than a reason to exit the markets. I mean, you've seen, you know, there are a lot of stocks out there, particularly in the technology sector, uh, you know, that have pulled back and are now down 15, 20, 25 percent from where they were before. And those are stocks that people, I'm sure, you know, several months ago would say, boy, that stock fell 25%, I'd buy it. Well, you're getting your chance. And that's the biggest thing investors need to do is, is stay vigilant during this. Don't get scared out of the market and take advantage of opportunities in stocks that hopefully you, you've built a watch list. Those stocks are down and, and go nibble on them at this point. That's Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services. Again, he publishes the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter. He's based in Hammond. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday on the Noon Business Hour. October proven to be a volatile month for the stock market. Let's talk about avoiding disaster. Craig Bolanos is here, founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Uh, Craig, two of the, the you know biggest collapses in stock market history happened in October, so people are thinking about it this month. Uh, what can we do to make sure that we're ready because you never really know when those crashes are coming. No, you don't know when the crashes are coming, but the ghosts and goblins tend to come out in October. It is historically the most volatile month, and it certainly hasn't let us down in the first week of trading. And I think it begins with everybody being centered in their finances, which means understanding what it is that you actually own, what's actually in that portfolio. Now is a great time to be taking stock of it. And after you understand what you own, I really 
really want to make sure people don't forget the why. Because when you know your why, you can stay committed to the discipline. Help us to understand the why, coming up with it and then sticking with it. Well, you know, the first thing I'm thinking about right now is, hey, we just had a 5.2% pullback in the S&P 500. That's the first 5% pullback for the index in nearly a full year. But that's incredibly normal. I mean, heck, we've even had 10% corrections in 21 of the last 41 years. And when I say know your why, if you're investing for retirement that's 13 years away, stocks still belong and should be a core part of your asset allocation. But if you're investing for the spring college tuition of your son or daughter with that bill coming up, not necessarily in 13 years, but in 13 weeks, the money you need in 13 weeks doesn't have any business being in the stock market. So when we understand why different accounts are invested based on the time horizon, I think that leads to our asset allocation, making good decisions. And Cisco, a lot of people's asset allocation has gotten out of whack because of how hot the stock market's been for so long now. Well, and that's often people treat those accounts as though it's set it and forget it. You know, you, you get things in a row, this is how you want it to be, and then they may not look at it for years. Is that how it gets out of whack? That's exactly how it gets out of whack. I mean, think about how big the rebound has been off the bottom for the broader stock market indices. And it gets into our next piece, which is everybody has to have a plan. You have to have a plan to periodically rebalance your accounts. And what I'm talking about is rebalancing the risk profile. What's in stock? What's in bond? What's in cash? And whether that plan is doing it on a calendar year basis every quarter, whether that plan is doing it based on tolerance, meaning if your target allocation is 70% stock, 30% bonds, and now all of a sudden and your stocks are 76% of the portfolio, maybe that's a better mechanism to use than doing a simple calendar, but you got to have a plan to rebalance. And then what do you do? You get your stock set, and yes, you've rebalanced, and you think you have your portfolio diversified well, and then the market starts crashing, and you're looking at what's going on with your account, and you're kind of panicking. What do you do when that moment happens, when there is a crash? Well, and I think we're all starting to get there. I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm in a hot tub time machine going back to August of 2011 when S&P downgraded the U.S. debt from AAA to AA due to the political shenanigans that were there. And I think what it means is when bad things come out of left field, and there's a lot of rumblings in the news today that could lead us to think there's going to be bad things coming out of left field, you need to avoid fear. Fear is the mind killer when it comes to investing. And I think if you just go back to that, why? Why am I investing? That leads to the time horizon. That leads to what my asset allocation is. I know I have a disciplined plan in place to rebalance. And hopefully, people have a little bit of money sitting on the side, either in fixed income or cash, that they can be using to buy stocks when they go on sale. And that's how you move through. You just stay committed to the process. Cisco, it's been a winning strategy for all these years, and I think that'll be a winning strategy going forward. Thanks so much for the advice. Craig Bolanos, founding partner, chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group. That's Personal Finance Wednesday. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Not all home improvements are created equal. Let's learn which projects are the most cost-effective. Brian Wickard is here, president and owner of Acunet Mortgage in Waukesha, Wisconsin, a proud sponsor here on WBBM. Uh, Brian, if you had to point to one, you know, the, the, the one home improvement where you go, you are going to see some value out of this, what would that be? Paint. Unequivocally paint. You wouldn't believe it. A fresh coat of the right color paint, especially on the interior of the home, and obviously the outdoor is going to be a little bit more expensive, is a thousand percent the best investment you can do. And you're, I mean, that's not very expensive, right? And and what is it? I mean, it just makes it look better when people pull up? Oh, my goodness. Well, a couple of things. First of all, you know, if you've been living in your house, maybe your paint is dingy. Uh, you got to be in tune. You know, all the grays are the latest color that people want to see, right? Gray and white. And I can tell you, my wife and I just painted, repainted the inside of our home. There are more than 50 shades of gray. So you should consult. And a lot of paint companies, I know Sherwin-Williams, for one, offers a um, paint consultation for $75, but your agent should be able to help you with that as well. Fresh coat of paint in some shade of gray is going to go a long way. The next thing is flooring. And you don't have to get the top-notch carpet, but take a look with fresh eyes at the flooring in your home. Are there bare spots? Is it worn out? Does it look dirty? You can get some really inexpensive carpet put in, and that is going to make a big difference in the eye. That first impression is what it's all about. Yeah, first impression. It's interesting because did, has it changed where there was a time when people wanted to come into a home and, and sort of make it their own and, and do redesigning and redecorating, and now it's more plug-and-play? They, they want to be able to move right uh, in is that what you're seeing you are 100 percent correct i don't know what you want to call it but the homes that sell the fastest and get the top dollar are ones that look like they just came off that website house another really important thing a lot of people never go in their front door okay so hey walk into your front door do the bushes need trimming I mean, I'm talking about things that cost very little money here because you are not going to get money out of your kitchen remodel. You're going to spend twice as much remodeling a kitchen. Now, maybe you can change out a light fixture. That's important. You need to get some advice from your real estate agent or these people called stagers who are professional decorators whose expertise is helping you do things. 
to make your house look more attractive. But that front door, cobwebs got to go. Maybe your front door is sun-faded. Get somebody to paint it or restain it. Very important to have that front door. That's where all the sellers are going to be walking in. Makes sense. Yeah, just make it look fresh. Yeah, thank you so much. That's Brian Wickard, president and owner, Acunet Mortgage. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.